Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Brian Gam, two-hand monster flush off the inbound. Brian Gam slam jam. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Final Score Thirty Five and TikTok at AG Spartan Fan 35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. At long last, the five, how long was it? Five weeks? The, the nightmare is over. Michigan State won a football game. The Lions didn't lose because they didn't play. Um, happy seventh anniversary to... Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. Never will forget that. It's all over social media. No one will ever forget it. Amazing. Um, lots going on. Uh, some upsets in baseball. Um, Yankees and the Indians, not the Guardians. They're playing tonight. Game 5, decide who's going to the ALCS uh, to join the Astros. Um, then in the, the NL, um, we've got the, the Phillies and the Padres. Two upsets there. Pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, here we are. Um, NBA starts tomorrow, I believe. Hockey, we're, we're getting into it already. And college basketball, three weeks from today. Thank goodness. Uh, we will go to the podium per usual. Uh, I will start per usual. Um, I, I thought I was thinking of something to do all day, and I couldn't think of anything. Then I'm like, right before we started this, I said I got a great one because it's something that's kind of funny, but just also so stupid. Um, Robbie Anderson, former Panthers receiver. Um, he's been there for a little bit. He's been, you know, a decent receiver for them. Um, and the, the Panthers are pretty bad. Obviously fired Matt Rule last week. Um, they have their interim coach um, having trouble at quarterback with Baker Mayfield. He's not even – he's hurt. Darnold's hurt. Um, so they had P.J. Walker, their third-string practice squad guy, start. Um, and this guy – gets into a fight Robbie Anderson does with the coaches on the sideline and Steve Wilkes interim head coach is like dude just get off the field leave and the guy he's like no I'm not leaving he's like no seriously go off the field and leave and he made him leave he kicked his own player off of the sideline um and made him leave the freaking game this is hilarious that's a power move good for Steve Wilkes because that's ridiculous this is a grown man acting like a child this is like Antonio Brown that was that last year he did that crap um, insane on the same level except he didn't take his shirt off and flash his ding-dong um, or anything weird like that, uh, to my knowledge. But then today, they trade Anderson to the to the Cardinals, who are a dumpster fire of their own. But seriously, good for Steve Wilkes and not good for Robbie Anderson. You're an idiot, dude. Don't act like a child. No more. All right, my podium. Got the great sport, the greatest sport, no offense, college football, coming up here in college hoops. And this is something that has been floated a few times in probably like the last six months. Maybe the last time I heard about it was May. Um, the commissioner, especially the ACC, Phillips, is more or less demanding that it's time for college basketball to go to a 96-game team tournament. 96-team tournament. Oh, don't worry, he says. We'll... We'll cover, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, give the best teams the buys, and we won't lose 
you know, the beauty is the tournament. We're not going to take away from AQs. We just want to add basically our 500 teams from the Power Five. Nobody Stupid. wants that. Nobody wants that. That's crappy basketball to begin with. We're talking about teams that go 500 in the regular season that schedule the likes of, you know, Furman and, you know, San Diego State. Well, San Diego State's actually a decent mid-major. Oh, but we're talking about people who, who like, schedule crap teams, can barely scrape 500, probably go, like, 5-11 and 11 in their own conference, and they deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. No, they don't. You're not going to make money better because people are going to say this is a joke and they're not going to watch it. The tournament is great at 68. It it was a stretch for me to get to 68, honestly, but they've done a nice job of the play-in games and kind of building the drama around there and the whole last four-in routine. That They've done a good job of that. It does not need to go any further, and if it goes any further, you are going to ruin the greatest sporting spectacle on earth. You don't need more money. You got plenty coming from college football. I get it. ACC in particular, basketball is where you you know where you hang your hat for the most part, except for last year when your league sucked. Like no, you you're a, a fifteen and fifteen Clemson doesn't deserve to be in the tournament ever unless they win the regular series. You know the postseason ACC tournament. Then okay, that's what those tournaments are for. If you go to 96 teams, you're going to water it down. You're going to make an amazing product. Crap. Don't do it. If you do it, you are going to lose fans and droves because you're going to ruin something that's perfect. All right. Going for our flag of the week. What did we just say that we were going to who were uh, The Tennessee GoFundMe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we'll get to the Tennessee-Alabama game and lots of facts and fun stuff in, in you know around the world spot two, but or yeah spot two. But let's put this the fine aside. Like Ryan said, oh SEC for fining Tennessee. Oh, I get it. The SEC is trying to kind of like protect people and whatever. Um, and so I get the hundred thousand dollar fine for rushing the field. I will say every TikTok I saw, it was amazing how respectful people were being. Like, like I kept saying that to Ryan, and then we saw like three girls absolutely like fall out of the stands on top of each other. But people helped them up. Whatever. It wasn't a dangerous situation in Tennessee, which was awesome. It was a celebration. I have no problem with the fine. I have no problem with Tennessee paying the fine. What we're gonna flag Tennessee for is understandably, and it doesn't happen as often anymore, but fans tore down the goalposts. And one set of them at least left the stadium. I don't think the second one ever did, but ended up in the river as tradition. But then they got it back out. They called it a baptism, not a drowning. And then they cut it up and they gave it to people, which is the coolest thing. That would be an awesome souvenir. Better than people taking turf off the field. That's kind of crappy. But So, okay, goalposts are about uh, 25 grand a piece. They're not cheap, but... Look, a school like Tennessee, let's just do some casual math. What? I'll say probably 102,000, maybe 105,000 people there on Saturday. Let's just say the average ticket is sold for $54, at least school-wise. And it looked like it was mostly Tennessee fans. Regardless, 54 times 100 and some thousand. That's a lot of dough. And you're starting a GoFundMe page to pay for the goalposts? Now, Tennessee fans, as of yesterday, had already chipped in like 70000 which is great. Put that towards the general thing. I don't know if this was tongue-in-cheek. I don't know if it was for real. But, I mean, come on. That is like 
the most asinine way to raise money, Tennessee, and to you know prey on the people that were having fun. Like you don't have the money to pony up for that when you're when you got guys opening up their wallets to pay what's that quarterback's going to Tennessee next year, right? Like yep. a seven figure deal NIL. Give me a break, Tennessee athletic department. You get a flag on an otherwise brilliant day. Well, here we go um, around the world. Uh, five spots. We will start um, as we have been all football season with the Big Ten uh, weekend review. Um, let's go down the list of games that we uh, picked. Um, start in Ann Arbor, Penn State, Michigan. Um, yeah, Michigan's pretty good running the ball. Jesus Jr. isn't anything. It's all the he's a more athletic Cade McNamara. Yeah, I mean he's, he's a sexier. He, Cade he makes McNamara. it look make it look a little more fun. But Michigan. and Michigan fans cool it already that you know you got to always you don't care about quote little brother but yet you got to tell us already how Corm's way better than Walker ever was first of all no he's not he's a great running back but Kenneth Walker didn't have the number one offensive line in America to run behind because if Kenneth Walker had the number one offensive line to run behind last year it wouldn't have been a close game we would have kicked the absolute shit out of you so they are shut up Let's put them head to head when they play in the NFL. No, no question. Quorum is having a great season, but I think Edwards had a better game that game. He did. Um, and I'm sorry, I said this all along with Penn State, and I've said this all along with Michigan. And you're you're beating who you're playing. I get it. You can't control that. You, whatever. Mm-hmm. Penn State was overinflated. We said that I believe last week on the podcast. They. They barely beat Purdue because Purdue couldn't run the ball more than one time in the last five minutes. Okay, decent win because Purdue's decent for Penn State. They beat a shitty Ohio team. They went on the road and beat an awful Auburn team. Okay, it's on the road. It's SEC. I get it for about a quarter. Then when you're playing a bad team, you're playing a bad team. They struggled for a half and then finally beat the Chippewas from Central Michigan. And they really struggled turning the ball over five times, granted in bad weather, against Northwestern, who is by far the worst team in the Big Ten. So, yeah, your run defense was number five in the country. Wholly overinflated, clearly. Now, nothing against Michigan effort. Hey, 400 and some yards, I don't care what run defense you're playing, the number 129 or the number five, that's an amazing day. Not taking a thing away from them. But before we go crown them in some poll, one poll has them ahead of Tennessee. Are you kidding me? We're gonna we're gonna like basically already, you know, pencil them in for you know the Ohio State game and none of the rest of their games matter. Guys, Penn State isn't that good. Penn, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They still have Minnesota and Ohio State at home. Okay, fine. Minnesota's on a little bit of a fail. That's a losable game. Ohio State's a loss. Okay, they go to Indiana. That probably a win. Maryland is not that bad. That's at home, so okay. And they got Rutgers, and now Michigan State. Maybe we'll see what Michigan State can do. Penn State is not that good. So before we go crown Michigan as the best team ever, let's wait until their schedule has them play somebody. And honestly, minus the rivalry game in a couple weeks, that probably is not going to happen until the Illinois game and then the Ohio State game at this point in time. But that said, still, very nice win. Impressive. Certainly 41-17. Didn't see any of it. Ryan and I were tailgating. We were having our own good time in East Lansing. Probably the only bad part about when there's a home game and there's tailgating is you miss the other games. Right. Neighbors next door had a TV, but that's all right. I didn't need to watch that crap anyway. Um, 
But, okay, good win for you. Let's not go crowning your achievement as you're ready for the world because I'm still not exactly sold. Um, The team takes away your running game. Can J.J. beat him through the air? I'm not so sure that he can. That's my opinion at this point in time. Echo that. Um, But here's a – and this is something I wanted to say. Now, this kind of leads into Michigan State down the road, but this was direct out of The Athletic yesterday. If you like watching bloodbaths, 7-0 Michigan's next three opponents are Michigan State, Rutgers, and Nebraska. Screw you, Stuart Mandel. That is so assumptive and garbage, especially the first one, maybe not Rutgers and Nebraska. Have you never paid attention to this rivalry with Michigan State? We all left Michigan State for dead, myself included. They had a good bounce-back game. They got a, a week to lick their wounds and prepare for a team who still can say all they want that they care about Michigan State. They don't. Their eyes are on the last game of the season against Ohio State. And I'm just saying, without saying, so you're saying we got a chance. Yeah, echo that. Uh, second game, Minnesota-Illinois. Illinois for real, guys. We, we don't let the – this isn't a game anymore. This is a real football Bowl team. Bowl eligible, 6-1, six and one, six top and 25. One. Freaking Illinois. What do we have going Won here? five games in a row, and the only game they lost was Indiana, and they blew that. They, they, should, they should be 7-0. and oh. Should be 7-0. and oh. Got a bye this week, and then they play Nebraska. Very winnable. They play Michigan State. Probably winnable. They play Purdue at home. Winnable. They play at Michigan. Good for them, Didn't look man. winnable before, but it sure does now, and then they play Northwestern. They're on the driver's seat in the West. Good for them. I'm, I'm happy for them. They're, they deserve it. They're, they play really hard. They buy into their coach um, and, and the philosophy that he has. Um, yeah, fun football team to watch. They're pretty old school, typical, you know, run the ball and play good defense. And they held, I mean, Morgan, I heard, I think he's still in the hospital actually with his injury. He, he was already, he was having like seven for 21 but he, before, he, but still he got hurt. It held him for under 50 yards passing the whole team. I mean, that's twice Illinois has done that already this year. That's pretty phenomenal. Um, good for them going to the bye weeks. Yeah, and Minnesota, I mean, they look like world beaters. They hit Michigan State at the right time. I'd love a redo now because that wouldn't happen again. But, um, yeah, so yeah, kudos to Illinois, Minnesota. I don't know, big week, big road trip to Penn State that can right right size the season. Four and two is not a bad record at this point in time, but um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, Maryland, Indiana, close one, um, probably because Taulia, uh, Tagovailoa, God, God bless that family. They've been through the ringer in the last month. Yeah, what's the word on that? We heard about what his injury is. No, I mean, he was carted, carted off, off the field. I, so. I, can, I haven't even looked. I can look it up right now. Um, yeah, Maryland hangs on for a 38-33 win. Indiana's lost four in a row. They're looking a little bit more like the team we predicted to begin with. Um they got that win against Illinois, and we thought, okay, and then they had barely won against Idaho and Western Kentucky, and then they have not even really been, well, that game against Maryland was close, but otherwise they haven't been close lately. Um, yeah, they get nothing out of yeah, Indiana is, is not very good. Um, I think that just leaves our game, right? Um, Purdue and uh, Nebraska. Oh, Purdue-Nebraska. I didn't close. see any of that game. Uh, Purdue won. O'Connell played well Purdue's again. finally starting to kind of turn the corner on on. Didn't cover though. Games. We both picked them to cover, and they didn't. Um, yeah, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Um, well, uh, we won uh, first lead that we held since the Akron game. That's something. Um, took 
a lot of quarters of football. If Michigan State was going to lose this game, it was not going to be because of their offense. That's interesting to say. Um, finally, no, you mean their defense? Not I, I mean, because of their defense, not because of their offense. Um, Best form. performance under Mel Tucker, right? Yeah. And the Yard first quarterback wise. that they didn't make look like a Heisman candidate, and Mertz is arguably, he's way more athletic than Tanner Morgan. Yes. Um, you know, he's not in the same he's not good. as Stroud. Or, but, you know, like like Mertz has the tools. He doesn't have the outside weapons. Wisconsin has the running game. But Michigan State actually got stops and played defense. And I'm telling you, I probably underestimated it because Brooks was playing really well. But, well, yeah, moving to the 4-3. But having X back at safety was huge because he literally was putting our guys in the right spots to make plays. Like, last week when I could sit there and watch and predict where Ohio State was going based on our pre-snap and what we were doing, he was putting guys in the right spot and we were making plays. And Jacoby Winman won his third Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. That's a record for, I don't know about the Big Ten, it's a record for Michigan State for sure. Had an interception, had a huge forced fumble at the end, had a tackle for loss, and he went back to his natural position of linebacker. Having Slade back in the middle on the defense was helpful because even in the rotation, he just, just, he's good. He's a space eater. He, a lot of times, commands a double team. Um, He flies under the radar, but he's that good, and he makes a difference. And now they've got, those guys have got a chance to get um, a little bit healthier yet. Um, didn't see Brooks at all. I presume he must have been hurt, yeah. so that hurts the depth a little bit. But Tatum stepped in and got his first start and played pretty decent at safety for Michigan State. And going to a 4-3 meant that you didn't have Van Summerman or uh, Halliday having to cover sideline to sideline as good middle linebacker and inside linebacker types, but not outside linebackers. Like You let the guys play their natural positions and what fits, they Where finally they changed well. the defense to fit your personnel instead of forcing the personnel into the defense. So maybe much to our chagrin, it gives Scotty Hazleton a little bit of a reprieve. Um, we still had head scratchers on defense, though. Like, how does Coverage speed bus. let somebody get five yards behind him in the end zone in overtime? How do we drop one interception twice and we drop two interceptions plain as day? One probably would have been a pick six. The second one that was went through Gross's hands and then off of Brantley's chest Does PBU would have been would have been uh, the game clincher at that point in time until Winmon kind of saved the day. But defensively, you know, as the first time in a long time, it wasn't perfect. But I would say I'd give Michigan State a solid A minus, and I I don't know that they've been above a C in their best performance in the last couple of years. No, the the defense was pretty good. I mean. I'm thinking, you know, long-term here, they get healthy, you know, maybe get – Slade's going to get back to full health in um, the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Same with hopefully Henderson. get Petrowski back. Get Petrowski and Boggle back, and then hopefully, you know, you get Mangum and, and Brooks back to healthy, and then you, you, and you play that same defense, you play with that fire. I mean, that gives you somewhat of a chance to do something interesting, hopefully just stop the run and force J.J. to beat you. I mean, I'm not going to say right. Michigan State's going to win that, but they can make, at least make it interesting and mm-hmm. give us some a glimmer of hope, which would be great. Um, offense uh, didn't run the ball great again. Had but some enough. plays, but enough. Know, enough. But I'm tired of Jarrett Horst, man. Pull your shirt down, you fat bastard. You waddle uh, around. Penalty after penalty. Holding. Personal The ball. most egregious and ill-timed 
personal foul, unnecessary roughness, unsportsmanlike conduct every freaking game. Get rid of him. Bench him, Mel. You're sending a message that you don't care, and I know after the game, because we had, what, nine penalties for 103 yards, you said there's penalties of, you know, basically being stupid versus, you know, maybe aggressive or whatever. A lot of those were stupid stupid penalties. penalties. And Horst is the the ringleader of stupid penalties. Now, Michigan State's offensive line was better. Brown was good. They kept um, Peyton pretty clean, and Peyton got to throw to to the weapons that we thought they'd be all year. Well, and Reed yeah. even got to throw once to one of our other best weapons in Keon. Yeah, Jaden and, and Keon they got were Carr great. involved on the, you know, they finally Barker. attacked the middle a little bit. They still need to throw to Barker more. They got Mosley. They've got, they've got it there. And Collins is finally getting carries. He had 14 carries. He deserves to be right up there. Berger was running hard against his old team. Like, I okay, so they both had like fifty three and forty eight yards total. That's fine. That's over hundred yards rushing. It keeps the opponent on their heels and it keeps them honest. And, it, and then Peyton went twenty one for I think it was twenty eight for twenty eight. We clean game, no picks, yep. no fumbles. Smart play. You know, Finally, minus maybe checking into the bad third down at the end of the at the end of the regular. But then he checked into a great one with that that vintage throw to Reed in the corner. Um, that was what the doctor ordered for Michigan State. The offense looked like we expected it to look all the time, and the defense made, well, not marginal, but the defense made huge improvements over what they've been in the last four weeks, but the defense looked a little bit more like what we thought they could be this year. Some which was that we haven't seen. Which is decent, and, and we never said, even in our predictions, that Michigan State's defense had to be great this year. They just had to be okay. Because they sucked last year and we went eleven and two. They just had to be like average, be like a, you know, sixty fifth to seventieth ranked defense and and make some plays, yep. you know, and and get some turnovers and change field position and things like that. the The one area that is an absolute and an epic teams. failure minus get Berenger. This. He had a couple. He had some struggles with his punts, but who this Ross Ells, the special teams coordinator, should be like in the streets. Reed had his second, and now the, it was really BS really call. weak, but still. Second punt return for a touchdown called back because of a penalty for this season. Um, Barringer had some shaky first half kicks, but then he was like 54 and 63 yards in the second half. He did actually a good job on the horrible fire drill snap. I'm glad he didn't try to put it down and they tried to kick it because they would have kicked it into somebody's face and it would have been returned for a touchdown and a loss. So he did a good job of just throwing it away. I mean, it got picked, whatever. Probably ended his Heisman chances, tongue-in-cheek. But... Um, the the field goal kicking, I I mean, they're one for, well, I guess you didn't even get a kick there, but you're technically, if you count that, you're one for five this year. They can't decide. It was all, what's the guy's name, the Auburn transfer? It was all him Patton. and the PATs, Patton. Um, kind of has a weird way to kick, but whatever. His we don't have a guy that PATs can kick it through the end zone. Your, your scholarship long snapper is out, and we got a guy that, you know, when the pucker factor is at a 10, you're rushing on the field, and you you expect that. Like that's, I'm that's sorry, but coaching. that's bad coaching. Like on the scoreboard, it still said one timeout left. Never, His never, ever do you awful. pay attention to the scoreboard. I learned that when Ryan played AAU in fifth grade. Is the book don't lie? Well, some coach or grad assistant or student assistant, it's their job to tell Mel, Yo, Mel, you took that other timeout. A couple of drives ago, when we scored the, you know, like the go-ahead touchdown at the time, like you have two left, 
you can't run, run and call your timeouts. And then, I mean, yeah, there was time. There was time, but still your, your, your snapper felt rushed and it was, you saw the result. It was a joke. It was bad. And, and to me, that's coaching. And, um, you know, kickoff wise, Michigan state gave up a big kick return at one point where, you know, at a key juncture in the game when we had taken the lead, gave Wisconsin good field position. Punt coverage is fine. Behringer has been great. I mean, again, his average is way up there. He's, he's doing fantastic. No complaints about him, but some game at some point in time, maybe even in a couple weeks is going to come down to a field goal and if it does, uh, I'm really, really, really nervous that that could happen. I mean, we were talking in the stands that we felt like we had to get to the 10-yard line to give our kicker range. And now, I don't know. I hope he has a good leg, but, man, I didn't. that's the one That's the one negative I'm going to take away is the special teams. And I still think Clock there's, there's – it's like John L. Williams, as in John L. Smith meets Bobby Williams with some of the coaching decisions. I'm sorry – Mel, I think you're a great recruiter. I think you got a ways to go as a head coach. Dan Campbell. You gotta get better. You gotta get better. You can't put your team in that situation. You just can't. No, you can't. But a win's a win. You freaking take we'll it. We'll take it. Um I can ever, ever, ever complain about that. Uh spot two. Uh college football at large. Let's get let's do Bama last. Um Let's go through. There were some great games. Clemson, Florida State ended up being close there, down 20. Florida State was, came back, cut to six. Um, they're, I, I think their coach is safe now. Clemson's looking good, though. Um, Utah, USC, what a game. Clemson, Syracuse, big game this week. Yeah, two undefeateds. Um, USC, Utah. Um, Utah down, comes back, and then goes down, then comes back, and then scores a touchdown, goes for two, gets it. Um, Phenomenal! That atmosphere might have great. killed USC's chance at a CFP. Oh, yeah, without bid. a doubt, no one's getting out of the Pac-12, um, unless it's UCLA. But I don't think they're going to go undefeated anyway. Um, but great for Utah. I, I like them. I like uh, Whittingham a lot. Um, great there. Oklahoma State, TCU, a classic. TCU's freaking six and zero. What the hell? Brand new coach fired the coach last year that, that has a statue of him in front of the stadium and went oh, and got the rival coach who's six and zero. Crazy. Pretty crazy. That's awesome, though. I'm happy for TCU. Ole Miss uh, just one, just put another nail in the coffin of Brian Harson. There's no way he lasts through the end of this year. I'm mm. going to say that right now. Um, poor guy. Um, Never was a fit. And no. Yeah, just he was destined to fail there. You you just don't come from the Pacific Northwest to the SEC. You just don't. I mean, guys have gone like McElwain from Colorado State to Florida. Fail. Like all these... It just no. You gotta you gotta bring them up from within. Guys that are in the like the Saban coaching tree or you know that type of thing. Uh, man, Oklahoma scored zero points last week. They scored fifty two this week with seven hundred and one total yards of offense. Crazy. That's gave quite, up a ton, but still beat quite Kansas. a flip. Beat Kansas. Um, Who thought that was a, a good win? Uh, being Syracuse six and zero for the six, first yeah. time since nineteen eighty seven. That's ridiculous. Unbelievable. It's actually crazy. James Madison lost to Georgia Southern. Lots of upsets this week. Uh, let's see. Let's see. One, uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight uh, top 25 teams lost. Um, That's crazy. Pretty big. Um, but, yeah, crazy week. Let, let's get to the biggest one of them all, though. Tennessee-Bama. Um, by far the game of the week. 
Um, probably maybe the game of the year, to be honest with you. 52-49, an absolute instant classic. Uh, First time since 2006 that Tennessee beat Bama. I'm surprised Knoxville is still standing. I am too. I, I, insane. You had half of country music on hand. You had Peyton Manning on hand, and they usually would say Peyton Manning is the bad luck charm. Didn't they? They turned that. The the way they went forty five yards in thirteen seconds, and the kicker hit just like a total knuckleball, but he made it. It didn't matter. And in an instant, that field was orange. It was insane. But again, a polite field rushing. Like nobody stampeded each other. Um, It was celebratory, but it was safe and calm, which was awesome. Um, Yeah, that is pretty freaking spectacular. There's a couple of things that I wrote down from the game. We didn't, unfortunately, get to see it, so I'm going to have to go try to find uh, the recording and watch it after the fact because it was epic by all accounts. Most Alabama points allowed in over a century. The last time they allowed that many points was 1907. No, Nick was too happy. In the history of college football, top three teams were 476 and 0. 476 and 0. When scoring 49 points. Now they're 476 and 1. Tennessee snapped a 38 game top 10 AP losing streak. Wow. Un- unreal. And again, like, this is what happens when you make a, a good hire in Hypel uh, and you let things come to fruition. And they had a lot of turnover. Like, when he came in, a lot of guys left the program. You know, they lost a crazy game to Purdue last year in the Music City Bowl, and they're ahead of schedule. He's in year two, and they're ahead of schedule. Now, will it be like a Mel Tucker year two, and then he'll fall back to earth next year? That remains to be seen. But still, like his offense is exciting to watch. It's more of a Big 12 fit, honestly, than an SEC fit. But, I mean, they had Bama's secondary in fits, and that defense to give up 49 yards. And then somebody pointed out to me today at work too. So let's go back to last week. Richard, the kicker for Alabama. He missed two kicks against Texas A&M, which is why that game, that game came down to the last play from the right hash. Ask your kicker where he wants to kick from, because he missed from 50 from the right hash against Tennessee as well. So maybe like look at film with your kickers too and go, hmm, our boy Nick might be better kicking kickers. from the left, right? Like, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. They're usually walk-ons, and uh, we're seeing at Michigan State with two scholarship kickers that you need to get a good kicker. You need yeah, to it's essential kicker. to winning, especially when it's close. But Saturday was a was an epic example of how great college is over the NFL, and we get to the NFL a little bit in the scramble, but like just a day like that, that with happen. crazy parody, but like good parody, and good teams beating good teams, but in a way that's good for the sport and not like a shock, that's what makes it so great, and that's what makes college basketball so great, and again why I'm going to go back to they better not mess with this the 68-team field because that more isn't better. Now, I think in the CFP, more is better because then, you know, you're going to get some teams, probably not the 12 seed that's going to win it very often, if ever, but you're going to get some teams like a Tennessee wouldn't have been a top four team, and this is an example, maybe in the semifinals, and they knock off the number one or the number two team. 
That's a very good example. That type of matchup is a great example of what we're going to get in the CFP with 12 teams. <clears throat> yep. Awesome. All right, before we move to spot three, a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that best fits your needs and makes the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Spots number three here. Um, week 8 preview. We'll go quick. There's not that many games um, on the docket this weekend. We'll start uh, big noon. Well, they can't go to Michigan because, well, Michigan's not playing. I'm sure they'd still go there if they could. Um, they go to Ohio State for Ohio State versus Iowa. 28 and a half is the spread. Really? That's more than it was in our game. It's at home, I guess. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State covers this with ease. I think they're going to win like 35 nothing, 42 nothing, 35 nothing. I don't, I don't know that. Can Iowa? I mean, Iowa has they scored 7-7, score. 27-27 with defensive touchdowns. 14-6. and six. That's not going to Ohio yeah, State's I can see like a forty-five to ten game or whatever. Yeah, there's 10. Ohio State's going to cover that. Uh, I don't think Ohio we're State's going to cover that. IU Rutgers straight. Um, it's at Rutgers, I believe. Um, uh, it's like a two point. Rutgers bad. is a favorite. Uh, I'm going with them because their defense is better. Uh, I don't. I, both of them were terrible. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go with Rutgers. I mean, I'm just looking at my preseason predictions, and I had Rutgers winning this game to begin with, and Indiana's lost four in a row, and they haven't looked very good doing it. So, yeah, I'm going to go with this. This next one to me is a head-scratcher. Um, Wisconsin-Purdue. Purdue is a two-and-a-half point. It's at Wisconsin, but they're still a two-and-a-half-point dog. I think Purdue's. I'm going straight here. I, Purdue's going to win this game. I don't. Wisconsin's bad. I, hmm. I I don't think they're good at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with you just because it's at Wisconsin and they're gonna start to say to these guys, if you want Coach Leonard to be your coach, you need to start winning. I I would not be surprised at all if Purdue won. I think you know Purdue's playing pretty well right now. Let's see what are they. I think they're five and two, right? One, yeah, they're five and two. They've won four in a row. Um, if it was at Purdue, I would say Purdue would win. But I'm going to stick with what I picked in the preseason, which was a Wisconsin win. Um, I think Wisconsin needs this bad because if they don't get this, they may struggle to make a bowl game. Um, yeah. I think Wisconsin gets the win here. All right, uh, we've got Northwestern and Maryland. Uh, Maryland is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I, Talia's um, I don't know availability is, is to be determined. But I, th- I just think Northwestern is so bad. That Maryland's got a good enough run. Maryland can win this. by two touchdowns. That's yeah. all they have to win by, 14-0. And we're going spread? Yeah. And again, let's look at Northwestern. They beat Nebraska and scored 31. Then they scored 23 24, 14, 7, 7. That trend is not going in the right way. Um, you know, Maryland doesn't have a great defense. It's at Maryland. Purdue Northwestern is coming off of a bye week. A lot will matter. Talk a lot by a low plays or not, but I'll ride with that. I'll say Maryland will cover that. Penn State, Minnesota. Um, Penn State's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that they win this by a touchdown. Yeah, boy. Here's whole... the thing. Minnesota... 
I think arguably has the best running back in the Big Ten. Sorry, Blake Corum. But their quarterback that came in that played for Morgan was two for six with two picks against mm-hmm. Illinois. And if Morgan's still out and is not going to, I mean, unless they're going to run Wildcat the whole game, I mean, Penn State's going to give up yards to Ibrahim, but uh, I'll go with Penn State as well. I, it would not surprise me again in this case if Minnesota won, but without a quarterback, you know, even if he's not that flashy, your regular sixth-year guy, yeah, yeah that's, Penn State's going to That's a lot of experience. I kind of honestly hope Penn State loses because I, I'd like to see them implode, you know, like they did about this time last year, but whatever. We'll go We'll go with Penn State. Uh, Syracuse-Clemson. Clemson's a 13.5-point favorite at home. I'm going to say that they blow out Syracuse and make a statement. I think Syracuse covers. Really? Yep. All right, and then we got two NFL games here. Um Lions Cowboys. Lions Cowboys. Come bye. Cowboys. Dak Prescott's back. I'm Cowboys. going Cowboys. You're going Cowboys as well. Dak Prescott may actually give the Lions a better chance, but I mean Cooper rushes poop last night. I heard that they're calling Ryan to to play a little bit of defensive back this week, a position he's never played before, so hmm. that's how bad the Lions are. There's there's yeah. no way. There's yeah. no way. Uh then Chiefs Niners. Um I'm going with it's like a three point Spread for the Chiefs straight up. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, 49ers have not looked great. Chiefs will get back. They'll get off the snide. They lost a tough game to Buffalo yesterday, but 49ers looked awful against the Falcons. It's hard to travel all the way to the East Coast and play this one. Well, they can beat the Lions, yet, but still, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Chiefs are going to win that game. Cool. Too many weapons. Oh, and by the way, um, our keeping for those keeping track at home. We're both fifty-one and thirty-five on our picks this season. Not terrible. Respectable, just under sixty percent correct. So I mean, we've means, had a, that means you should be ones. in the plus money category if you're riding any of our picks for bets. No, if you're not doing thirty-game parlays. If you would have done as I said a couple of weeks ago and put your four hundred one k on Ohio State to cover, you'd be set yeah, for the yeah, season. Yeah, should have listened. Should have listened. Um, all right, back uh, to the old spot four. We're going to go get back into Big Ten basketball previews. Uh, Media Days was wrapped up last week. Um, first AP Top 25 poll um, came out today. We'll maybe talk about that here in a minute. Um, but interesting stuff. I'm going to do three teams again. This is in no particular order. Um, I just had a stack of papers that I was doing stuff on, and this is the three that I grabbed. Um, and I grabbed the Purdue Boilermakers. Um off there uh, for my first team. Um, so I'm looking at them. Last year, if you remember, they were they were pretty dang good. Um, what were they? Three seed, three seed, right? Or were they four? No, three seed. Lost to three seed. Third, made it to the Sweet Sixteen. Lost to St. Peter's. Or St. Peter's. Um, you know, had Jaden Ivey, who was a top five pick in the draft. Um, you know, had Trayvon Williams, who's a four year guy. He's gone. Zach Eady returns. Um, they lose a few other guys. Um, you know, and, and Stefanovic, a shooter, and then Eric Hunter transferred to Butler. Um, so they have a little different roster um, coming to this year um, than they did last year. I mean, returning uh, that played last year, Zach Eady. Um, he's obviously the headliner, huge, huge guy. His per 40 minutes are pretty insane. He's only playing like 15, 16 minutes a game last year. Um, <clears throat> would just expect him to play probably 25-plus and probably do a decent job of it um, if his conditioning is is there. Then you got Mason Gillis, the guy who's kind of been in and out, 
their starting lineup the last couple years. He's a good, you know, good glue guy in the Big Ten. Nothing special. He'll he can knock down an open three or two. Um, plays decent defense, rebounds, kind of brings that that the glue mentality, facilitator mentality. He's a bigger guy, six 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 seven, um, on the wing there. And then Brandon Newman, a guy that I think his freshman, or no, it's not his freshman year, two years ago during COVID, he wasn't bad. He played a decent amount, and then last year kind of took a step back. wasn't great. Um, Expecting big things out of him um, <clears throat> for them. Probably going to play the two. Uh, they need him to do well because I mean he's got they got a lot to a lot to fill in for after like I said losing Ivy and Stefanovic and Hunter. Um, they need him. And Caleb first, like I actually liked last year's a that lefty six eight ish four man ginger guy from from Fort Wayne. He's a good player. Um, I think he could, he's going to be a four year guy for them. Expect him to take a big jump. Stretch the floor a little bit. Um, then Ethan Morton, he's been you know a decent role player for them the last few years. Kind of a, a decent shooter, um, but nothing nothing spectacular. But we'll see what happens with those guys. There are five real returners, which is kind of crazy. Bartorvik thinks they'll be about 28th in the country, finishing 10th offense, 65th defense. They have a decent strength of schedule, 33rd, projecting them about a seven seed with a 76% chance of making the tournament. Um, projected record of 20 um, and 9, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten. So pretty good, not maybe what they've been doing the last couple of years, um, but still respectable. And they only returned 39.5% <coughs> excuse me, of their minutes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think their lineup will probably look look like Edie, First, Gillis, Newman, Morton, the guys I listed before. And then they have uh, some guys coming off the bench here. Um, they could be decent. You know, they've got this guy, um, David Jenkins. He's a Utah transfer. I, I would expect him to probably play starter minutes. He's a point guard. I think he's a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they, they need him to be good because they don't have a ton of proven guys, um, and he's proven it at a decent level. Um, their, their recruiting class is okay, six in the Big Ten, middle of the pack. Got some four stars. They got a three star guy, Braden Smith. Point guard, 5'10". Five, five, Don't know if he'll play a ton, but it's all right. Cam Heidi, 6'5", small forward. Um, then Fletcher Lawyer, 6'4", um, shooting guard. He can play a little point guard as well. A little bigger than his brother. Um, the guy that, I, that I'm that i interested to see is Trey Kaufman-Wren, though. This guy, um, he sat out last year red-shirty because he was hurt. Uh, he's a pretty good recruit in the 2021 class. Um I would expect him to probably play big minutes as well um, and, and be kind of key for them moving forward. Look at their schedule. Uh, Gavit games, they play Marquette, who's not bad, but, you know, not great. And then they play in the PK-85, play West Virginia first, who's not going to be anything special. Then win that, which I'm guessing they would. They, pr- they play Gonzaga. Um, sorry, guys. And then I I'm not really sure is on the other part. I think Duke is on the other side of that bracket. Um, Florida State in the in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Florida State's probably gonna be a good squad. Um, they play Davidson um, in the Indy Classic. That's interesting. Um, Davidson is gonna be good, but not as good. Lost McKillop. Um, then Hofstra, not a bad mid-major team in their Big Ten schedule. Um, you know, tough. I mean, the Big Ten is gonna be pretty even, in my opinion. Like I said last week, um, but I'm, I'm thinking you know, pretty decent season for Purdue. I'm you know, anywhere from second to sixth in the Big Ten, probably five to eight seed. Uh, I'd give their schedule about a B. Uh, some tough schools in there, but nothing crazy. 
Um, you know, I mean, they play freaking Florida A&M, New Orleans, and Truman State. What the hell is that? Is that even a school? Is that a Division One school? Austin P. Well, they have never done anything in basketball. Milwaukee. They have like have had like eight coaches in the last five years. But that's Purdue. Um, look for them to be decent. They always are. Painter, we've said for a long time, is one of the best coaches in the Big Ten, if not the country, um, and expect him to get the most out of his roster, as he always does. Uh, flipping, we're going to the East Coast now. Uh, the Terps bring in uh, new head coach Kevin Willard. He looks like a turtle, kind of, because he's bald. does. I don't know. They always have a I mean, Turgeon looked like a turtle. What, what's going on? Kind of look like the mascot. If you remember correctly, Maryland was not very good last year. They had some good talent, um, but they were not great. Um, they didn't win a lot of games. Um, I mean, they from their roster last year, and they lose Fats Russell who was one of their better scorers, good defender. They lose Ayala who was there for like twenty years. Um, they lose. They lost. Uh, What's his name? Quadisma Wahab. He transferred back to Georgetown. I don't know why. He's weird. He didn't end up being great for them. Um, but they, they just weren't great. Um, not very efficient on, on both sides of the ball. Um, that's why they, I mean, Turgeon left and then Danny Manning, they weren't great. So that's why they brought in Willard, who's, who was, he did good things at Seton Hall. Um, had some good seasons um, in there. And he returns a decent amount of good of good players here. I mean, their number one return is Dante Scott. If you're 6'8", big-bodied guy, can shoot it a little bit. He's got a post-up game. Um, definitely their most experienced and by far, I think, their best player. Then Hakeem Hart, um, he's also been kind of a, a nice a nice player for them. He's also 6'7", 6'8", and he's on the wing, a little more athletic, um, skinnier guy. Um, expect those two to really shoot the ball a lot, have the ball in their hands a lot. And then you got Julian Reese, who I think has a chance to break out. He, he's pretty pretty big kid. He's 6'9", 6'10", 230, lefty, pretty athletic. Didn't play a ton last year, but I, I would expect him to play a, a good amount, maybe even start for them. And then Ian Martinez, he played a tad bit last year. Um, I think he's a former Utah guy. Um, he's, he's okay, not great. Bartorvik thinks 51st. Uh, while the 44th best offense, 60th best defense, strength of schedule is 37. Gives him about a 44% chance to make the tournament, double digit ish. Um, 18 and 12 is what they say. 11 and 9 in the Big Ten, returning 46.8% of their minutes. That's a little more bullish than I am on them. I think they'll be okay, but not that good. Um, but you know, they bring in a, a few decent guys here. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at this roster here. I mean, they bring in this guy Jameer Young. So he was high, high, a high teen score at um, at at Charlotte um, on a bad team, um, but still a guy that can score. He's a he's a point guard. He's gonna have the ball in his hand a lot. Expect a little Fats Russell kind of of guy of <clears throat> treatment for him. He's not very big though. Six one one eighty five. Um, some of the good point guards in this Big Ten are pretty big. And then Noah Bachelor, he is their number one best recruit. Three-star, 6'6", six, six, wing. He's a shooter. I've heard that he's pretty dang good. Um, then they bring in Donald Carey. Um, I think he was a decent role player for for um, Georgetown. He's 6'5", point guard slash shooting guard. Nothing special, but 
He brings experience for them, which is what they need. Then they have Jahari Long. He's a former Seton Hall guy. Didn't play a ton for them. Um, then a few other you know, random guys in there as well um, that have not really played much. So we'll see. Their depth of the big position is my concern for them. I don't. They have a few guys from outside the United States that have never played, and they're really ugly. I'm looking at their pictures right now. Holy crap. Luckily, they should be playing from Michigan. Um, but uh, I think that this team is, like I said, I, they'll be okay. I, I think that in a couple of years, Willard can build them up. I feel like he's a good recruiter, um, can get them on the right track. He knows the East Coast. Um, their their schedule's nothing crazy. They're playing the, the Hall of Fame tip-off. They play St. Louis first, who I, who I think is going to be very good. I have them and I created a top 25 the other day. Um, and I had them in my top 25 preseason. I think they'll be a good squad, good A-10 team, and then they could play Miami or Providence. Providence won't be as good as last year. Miami uh, projected to be a pretty decent team um, toward the top of the ACC. And they got Louisville, who's probably going to be at the bottom of the ACC. Tennessee, who's a top you know, 25 team to start the season. Then UCLA, top 10 team, plays St. Peter's. That's kind of funny. Um, and UMBC as well. So some decent mid-majors in there, actually. Give that about a BB plus. Big Ten schedule. Um, I think the Michigan State only once. Um, Michigan a couple times in in, uh, in January. It looks like Illinois only once. So they kind of luck out there. Um, Indiana only once, too. Jeez. Oh, they, got the sh- they got a good deal there, actually. Good for them. Um, but... I think they'll finish anywhere from you know sixth to tenth in the Big Ten. I think they'll be a bubble team. Don't think they'll get in though. Um, somewhere around 500, maybe a little over, um, would probably be a good season for them. And then build off of it for next year. Uh, third and final of today, uh, the Golden Gophers. Uh, ben Johnson, year two. You know they had some good things last year. Um, they happened for them, um, but also bad. Um, you know just weren't great this kind of patch together a roster. But I think Ben Johnson's the right guy for the job. I think he's going to be a good coach for him. He knows what he's doing. Um, unlike Richard Patino, I think he was kind of a trash bag. But if you remember correctly, Minnesota was pretty poor last year. Um, one of the worst teams probably in the Power Six in basketball. Um, they returned really only two guys that played key minutes for him last year, and that's Jameson Battle, who I think has a chance to be an all-Big Ten level guy tough lefty he can shoot it and he's gonna shoot the ball freaking lot I mean he can shoot he can shoot threes step out pretty athletic um expect him to probably shoot 20 shots a game and that's probably putting it lightly um but he's a good player and then they got Trayton Thompson um I can't remember last year I think that he was yeah he was a freshman last year he's seven foot real skinny though 210 um he's all right not bad um the Bartorovic does, it agrees with me that I don't. They're not going to be great. Probably still toward the bottom of the Big Ten. 122nd in the country, 107th in offense, 144th in defense. Uh, basically gives them no chance to win, get in the tournament. 0.4 percent. Ouch. Um, projects the record to be about 13 and 17. Returns 20.9 percent of their minutes, and most of that's probably battle because he played 40 minutes a game, uh, almost every single game, unless he's in foul trouble. Um, they do have some decent newcomers, though. Big, big, big recruiting class, including transfers. Um, a, f- a bunch of three-star forwards. Um, some of them are going to play. Ola Joseph, I've heard good things about him. Um, read that. Caden Betts, he's a 6'8", 
small forward. He'll probably play a decent amount. Um, and then you got some transfers. Terrace Samuels, um, he's a former point guard from Dartmouth. Um, six foot three, um, so decent size for, for a point guard there. He's tough. And Talon Cooper, um, he was on Moorhead State. Um, he was a starting point guard the last few years. He's 6'4". Um, decent player. Can that translate to the Big Ten? Who knows? Parker Fox, this guy was, I think he was maybe a two-time All-American D2 as player of the year, and then he tore his ACL this summer. He's out for the season. He's probably going to be a, a three- or four-man stretch guy. Um, former players of the year in the in Division Two have done well. Um, yeah, the guy from, big guy from Ferris did yep, really well. Really well Xavier. Yeah. Um, and then they bring in, this is definitely their their most important newcomer, a guy, um, third school um, in three years, Dawson Garcia. Started at Marquette, was great. Transferred to North Carolina, um, was doing pretty well from close to a double-double average. Um, he's a 6'11 forward, um, pretty bouncy lefty. 235, so he's got decent size to him. And then he left for personal reasons. One of his family members got sick um, back in, in Minnesota, and then he ends up transferring to Minnesota. And I think him and Mr. Battle are going to probably play 40 minutes a game um, and be the headliners for them. He's tough, but not tough enough to make Minnesota any better than 10th to 14th in the Big Ten. No tournament. Um, Look at their schedule here. I don't think it's anything special. I said C minus initially. I mean, they played Western the first game. It was pretty terrible. DePaul and the Gavit games. Yeah, they played no Virginia Tech. It was not terrible. Um, Mississippi State plus the Big Ten. So nothing special. Uh, I'm not. I'm not expecting big things out of the Gophers just yet. But maybe in a couple years. They, they just got a top. 30 recruit for 2023 that's 7-1 today. Um, so maybe he'll help turn the tide for him a little bit. Who knows? Um, but that's the Big Ten preview. Um, or what was that? Six out of 14 done. Maybe I'll do a few more next week um, as we get closer and closer to hoops, which we're happy about. But spot five, scramble. Um, what do you got? You want me to do my thing quick, or do you want to do that, and then we can... I can go, and then you can do your stuff. So just some random thoughts. Baseball, Ryan kind of talked about in his intro a little bit. Um, you know, my National League pick to get out of the National League into the World Series, the Dodgers done. Uh, good for the Padres. It's kind of nice to see some new blood. Um, Padres-Phillies would be a good series. I'm kind of hoping the Indians win tonight against the Astros. The Astros are the one mainstay. They've hit six ALCSs in a row. Um they got to be the favorite to win right now. Some people complaining yeah. about, oh, the wild cards, they ruined it. It should be an indication of the whole season. Hey, no, look, these aren't one-game series. You had a three-game series in the wild card round, then you had a five-game series. It's legit that you have to win. It's not a one-game-and-done thing. So the cream should rise to the top, and, hey, these teams just played better. I mean, the Phillies swept the Braves. It's just that's kind of how the ball bounces. So be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that. Um, interesting development last week. I mentioned Ian Cole um, for Tampa Bay, you know, really good defenseman, and how he was being held out for investigation that he had like, uh, what was the word that I used? Like uh, groomed, like some minor, you know, sexually groomed some minor and some you know pretty egregious charges against him. So far, anyway, uh, the NHL and and all the people that have investigated found no evidence of that, which is like come on, you cannot 
mess. Uh, you know, like you can't put yourself in his situation if it is true, and you can't be the girl who accused the guy. Then this didn't happen when it's not true. Like that is that is a that is bad. Like the accuser should go to prison if she really truly was nothing but an accuser, ambulance chaser, money chaser, whatever. So, just wanted to point that out. Um, wings off to a good start, two and zero. They are they are losing now, three to two to the Kings. I just checked, and I and Tyler Bertuzzi is out for yeah, six weeks, six which is weeks, tough, yeah. um, with a like a ab- abdominal injury or so. But kind of nice to see the Red Wings do well right out of the gate. Let's hope that they'll do yeah. well. Um, interesting. I didn't even. This is how this is how little I've paid attention to hockey since the Red Wings haven't been good. I didn't realize they got rid of really the conferences. I mean, they have the conferences. Yeah, they have the Eastern and the Western, and they don't have divisions anymore. It's kind of crazy, at least the way that I looked at the standings. Could be wrong. All right. Um, NFL-wise, a little bit of a crazy day yesterday. Packers, ouch. Oh. That's like the Jets get some credit for their defense, but how bad is Green, Green Bay? Bay? They lost a, that was a 15-game win streak at home, ended. Um, East West Coast teams coming East Coast, got smoked the 49ers. Like Ryan said, the Cardinals are kind of a you-know-what show. Kenneth Walker, K-9. Big repped out, had a big boy. game for the Seahawks yesterday. Uh, Vikings dominant. Vikings dominant. Top of the freaking NFC North. They're, they're, they got a two-game lead, I think, right now, which is crazy. Oh. And they're 3-0 already against the NFC North. So, um, Giants, oh, G-men. Giants G-men. are good. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like some crazy Steelers like, beat the Bucks. Good. Serves you right, Tom, you loser. Yeah, I mean, just like NFL. Yesterday was kind of an equal Bills crazy Chiefs, game for the NFL. Sweet. Bills Chiefs was a great game. Awesome. Um, Eagles-Cowboys was a good game on Sunday night. Well, remains to be seen if tonight's anything decent. Oh, yeah, well, no, the Broncos are already up 10 nothing, and I freaking what? bet the Chargers. I had the Chargers, too. Yeah, of course. Well, as long as who scored for them. If it was J- Jerry Judy, I'm all right. Yeah, it was but, Dolch or something. All right. A um, couple more things. I'll let Ryan get to this thing. I gotta ask: When did pickleball become a major Pickleballs. league sport? Yeah, pickleball is fun. A major league sport—that's crazy. Fastest growing sport in America. Um, how about the Bills player that drove 15 hours to f- play be- against the Chiefs because he couldn't fly because he had a partially collapsed lung? Which begs the question: Why was he allowed to play? He couldn't fly because he had a partially collapsed lung, but he could play with a partially collapsed lung. That makes no sense to me. Um, and another NCAA basketball thing, which I thought was pretty cool, we won't get into it, maybe we can later, but is John Calipari is advocating for like a college basketball summer league. Um, athletic article that came out back on October 12th, kind of interesting. You know, like guys are on campus anyway, let them play a little bit of exhibition. You know, maybe they can, you can kind of do these like scrimmage type matchups with the big programs and see some battles that you might not see. Kind of an interesting thought. So that's it for me for the scramble this week. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, I can do my little spiel here, then we can talk about the AP poll quick. Um, my segment, butt burners. Who's on, who's, who's on their fire this week? Well, Michigan State, if they want a new defensive coordinator next year, they could get Marcus Freeman. Oh, man, we didn't even talk about Notre Lord. Dame. They lost to... They've lost to Stanford and Marshall at oh, home this year. Oh, Lord, that's bad Oof. news. That's not good. Uh, second one, Dodgers. Their coach, or coach, manager said, yeah, you'll we'll get that ring, whatever. He kept saying that all year long. Shut up, dude. You lost Best another, team in baseball. Best team in season. baseball, nothing. Again, they have nothing to prove for. 
Third one, this has just been an ongoing thing. Thursday night football, get your together. It's been terrible. That's a giant butt burner. It's been horrible. Amazon's paying all that money. That's and, and, you know, when the problem as a fan when you're watching on Amazon is you can't just, like, flip commercials. Because you got to flip out of your app and you got to go, like, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Not cool. Know, not a fan. Not a fan. Stock up. Josh Heupel. Um, big time, obviously. Talked about that. Big win. Stock up. The Jets, uh, Robert Salah, um, they look damn good. They're playing defense hard. Great. They defense had two block good. Ki- three block kicks yesterday. Yeah, they, they're doing great. Zach Wilson, Crazy. hide your wife, hide your mom. 3-0 as a starter this year. Yeah, Pete. And last but not least, do we have a little Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe 2.0 with Bailey Zeppe and Mr. Mac Jones going on here? This guy's dominating. Yeah, 309 yards wow, passing yesterday. good for him. Crazy. Former Houston Baptist quarterback. Going to put Hoyer on the shelf. Yep. Well, he shouldn't be in there anyway. He's old as hell. <laughs> he is old. That's it for, for this. Oh, top 25. Uh, North Carolina's one. Not a surprise. Gonzaga's two. Houston, three. I, I like that. Um, who's up? The Duke's overrated. Freaking number Always. seven. They, they, I mean, yeah, they have talent, but their coach is which higher done, can do as a coach. Done jack. Creighton, highest ever preseason AP poll rating, ninth. I think that's warranted. They're a good team. Arkansas, 10. Um, yeah, they're they're going to be good. That's a good team. Tennessee's a little overinflated. I think they're 11. Same with Texas, 12. Indiana, 13. No. Um, Freaking Virginia back in the good graces here. San Diego State's 19th. Michigan, 22nd. That's freaking overrated. I, that's not even because I'm... A Michigan State fan, they don't. They return one guy that's played meaningful minutes at high level college basketball consistently. So I, I don't know how that warrants a twenty second ranking, uh, but whatever. Illinois twenty third, I buy it. Uh, Dayton twenty fourth, Tech twenty fifth. Um, I don't know if Tech should be ranked, but whatever. Uh, St. Louis, I I thought they should. I think they'll be good. I said that earlier. I think they should be ranked. Michigan State, I think, is what's that, 26, 27? Like 28th, I think, or so. 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm excited. Three weeks out. Uh, but we go to the sprint. I'm running it again. Uh, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before. Did, did like a, a Mount Rushmore or something, but I, I was just thinking about it earlier. Who, who, who's, who's your most, in your mind, who's the most hated sports franchise across all sports? Most hated sports franchise against... Oh, boy. Um, I I gotta go Yankees. That's what I said. I gotta go Yankees. Everyone That's hates a love Yankees. or hate, but it's mostly Everyone a hate. Hates them. Everybody outside of New York, it's a hate. What is one college basketball arena that you... Is on your bucket list to watch a game in? doesn't matter what... what if it's your team Assembly Hall, Bloomington, Indiana. That's what I have. You copied me. Um... Who is the most overrated team in the first AP poll of the season? I wasn't paying that close of attention, but I, you know, like I struggle with the, the preseason polls. I it's know what tough. they're there for. It's it's I better would, for I, basketball because there's more turnover. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it doesn't. The polls really matter even less in basketball anyway. Like week to week, nobody talks about the polls that much. I think it's interesting that the Big Ten only has three or four teams in it. I do agree with you, though, that Michigan, even at 22, is overrated with only one proven player back. Yeah, I said Duke. 
just because I don't yeah, think they're great. Fair. Um, last one. Should Tua sit out the rest of the season? In my opinion, maybe not the rest of the season, but certainly more than uh, like coming back this week. He's I, to come back this week. From what I saw and from my own personal experience with Ryan, who had nothing nearly like that, and how long he was out and the side effects that he dealt with, I really struggle to believe that he's truly ready. I just, I do. I'm not there. I'm not the doctor, but I he should at least sit out probably, in my opinion, four or five, six more weeks. I agree. That's it. All right. Give us some social media. Yeah, no one cares about our social yeah, media. Yeah, they do. Got to throw it out there anyway. Fonsworth35 on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what you're Spartan Fan 35 on TikTok. Yeah. Those are the two. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Hit the like button. Pound follow us. Like button. Pod, uh, whatever podcast that you like. Pass it along to friends. We'll have a little bit of fun next week. We won't have a full-blown preview like we did last year because this that game was like basically the, the biggest game in the rivalry last year. Not quite there. We're happy as Michigan State fans to fly under the radar going into next week, but plenty on that next week. Another shout-out to our presenting sponsor and good neighbors and friends, the Anders, Team Anders Realty. Uh, if you have West Michigan Realty needs, get a hold of Team Anders at teamanders.com. Meantime. Greatest play in college football history.